Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Renew Life Church online. I'm so glad that you're, you've joined us here uh, this morning or just whenever you're watching and I uh, really hope that you, you tuned into our worship set and enjoyed that, took communion with your family. And um, now you're kind of ready to, to hear this message today. I'm really excited to get to share with you because I want to talk to you today about uh, probably a topic you've heard a lot about. And I want to talk to you around the topic of faith. And let's just go ahead and jump right in this morning. When it comes to faith, I think that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really big topic. Um, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to faith. But I really want to center in on the testing of your faith. I want to talk to you today about the testing of your faith. What do we do when our faith is tested? I'll start off with reading a, a quote from an amazing philosopher and theologian that I respect in this day and age. Um, he's great. Here's what he said. He said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yes, that's Mike Tyson, the great theologian, great philosopher, Mike Tyson himself. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I think it's so relevant, um, actually, that, that quote is so relevant to many of us right now, because if we're really honest, I believe many of us are walking through a moment in our life where life has literally punched us in the mouth. It's kind of punched us in the, in the face with the crisis that's going on in our nation, what we're dealing with, whether you're affected by, you've been affected by the coronavirus, you know, directly or indirectly. I think many of us are going through a time right now where things are not normal and where there is a testing taking place, where we're struggling, to be honest. Many of you, I know from talking to you and hearing stories, you've lost your job. You have, you've lost money, uh, a percentage of your income. Uh, I, I even know personally right now, many of you know about us moving to Lubbock and getting ready to start a campus in that city, and me and my family were looking to sell our home. Well, if you haven't noticed, this is a horrible time to sell your home in this market. And I'm get, getting affected indirectly by this, this crisis that we find ourselves in, especially economically in this city. And it's a trying time. It's a time where my faith is being tested. You know, here's, here's kind of what I find in times like these. When, when things are, are going south, when things aren't adding up, when things aren't normal, this is when we actually find out where our faith is really at. This is where we all find out, what do we really believe? You know, it's one thing like when we're going through really, really good times and uh, things are great, things are jiving, like, oh yeah, God has a plan for my life. Oh yeah, God's faithful. God is my provider. Yeah, but what, how do you actually feel when you say that, when actually things are going south, when everything in the natural doesn't actually seem to be adding up? Like, there's actually, you actually don't see a way out. You actually don't say, uh, see a way through. You don't actually see how this thing could actually be victory. It could be an outcome of, of victory. If we're really, really honest right now in this time, we have to ask ourselves, what do we, what do we really believe? Um, I, I say this with, I think I believe this as I say it, but I'm, I'm kind of appreciative of these moments. 
I appreciate these moments that challenge me and these moments that kind of sober me up and have me look at myself and evaluate where am I really at when it comes to my believing, when it comes to what I really believe about God and his promise to me. You know, the question that I want to answer this morning is what do we actually do in these times? What do we do in these times? What do we do when our faith is being tested? How do we handle the doubt? How do we handle the unbelief? What's the answer to this? It's not fun to live in, so what do we do in moments like this? We're going to answer that um, hopefully today as we we get towards the end of the message. Um, Before we get there, though, let's read out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to Timothy. And look at what he says in verse 11. He says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Now, what is he telling him to flee from? Unrighteous living, ungodly living, gossip, things like that. He's telling him to, to flee from these things. And then he goes on to say, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness. That's going to be a big one today. And gentleness. And then in verse 12, he says this, fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. Let me say it one more time. He tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Before we go any further this morning, can I just tell you this? You have to realize the truth about this. Faith is a fight. Faith is a fight. I'll say it one more time. Faith, it is an actual fight. Faith is not easy. Faith does not come easy. You know what faith is not? Faith is not a one-time decision that we make, and then we never have to make that decision again. Faith doesn't work that way. In other words, we can't decide at one point in our life, we can't just say, you know what, God is my provider. I believe he will provide for me no matter what, any time in my life from this day forward. Now, we grab a hold of that truth and we believe it in the moment. But can I just say, faith doesn't look like, well, I made that decision, now I'll move on to the next one. Now I'll move on to God's faithfulness. Or now I'll move on to God, the, the fact that God can heal or do signs and miracles. No, no, it doesn't work that way. You see, we, we establish what we believe. We grab hold of the promises of God. And faith looks like us continuing to believe that promise in the midst of our circumstances, situations, or emotions that say otherwise. Whenever our circumstance, our situation doesn't actually add up to what the word says and what the promises of God are, that's when faith actually gets engaged. That's what faith looks like. If I can use my boxing analogy a little bit further, and uh, as we referred to Mike Tyson earlier, faith looks more like an 8, 10, 12 round fight than it does a first round knockout. The majority of the time, that is what faith looks like and sounds like. Faith is tested. Faith is tried. Faith needs patience and it needs steadfastness and it needs to produce endurance in us. Faith requires an amount of time to pass by. See, real faith is more than just a moment of believing, but it's a, a moment of taking a stand and then reminding us of the stand that we took. That's what faith is. I love what James says in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith, there it is in Scripture right there. He says, The testing of your faith produces steadfastness. 
And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Here's what I'm trying to say to you today. If your faith is being tested, good. You're normal. Look at your neighbor that you're sitting next to at your house and say, you're normal. Kind of. Kind of normal. If your faith is being tested, you're normal. It's, it actually should be happening. And I really felt strongly that the Lord said this to me today. If your faith is being tested, it's not proof that you don't have faith. It's actually proof that you do. If your faith is being tested, it's not proof that you don't have faith. It's actually proof that you do. It's actually proof that in your life, you're actually believing for something. You're actually holding on to a promise from God. The fact that it's being tested should let you know that it's there. I think so many times as believers, we're so discouraged because, well, you know, I just, I keep doubting. Yeah, I believe one second and then the next second I doubt. Oh, I felt really, really good today. And and then in the next day you feel really, really bad. And it's like nothing ever happened the first day when you were on such a high of your faith, so to speak. And you have these thoughts, I just must not have strong faith. I must not have faith at all. Now, can I just encourage you right now in this moment? That's actually the testing of your faith. And the fact that it's being tested proves to you that it's actually there in the first place. You are a person of faith. You're a person of faith. If you're watching right now, you are a person of faith. It took faith for you to get online and watch this today. You had faith in God. You wanted something from him. You wanted to experience his presence or his promise. Guess what? That is faith, a step of faith. You are a a, a man, a woman, a child of faith right now. You were made to have faith. You were made to walk in faith. We were made to believe. We have belief on the inside of us. It's actually there. The truth is sometimes it just gets tested. So what do we do whenever it gets tested? I want to title today's message, In and Out Faith. In and Out Faith. Would you pray pray with me for just a moment? God, we thank you. We thank you for your word, that it's true, even as we've already read it in this moment. I thank you, Lord that it is powerful, that it's dividing truth and lies that we've believed. I just pray that it would speak to us today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to us in these moments. Lead and guide us into all truth today. We follow you in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Many of you know um, how I, I grew up playing sports. You know, sports was one of those things that I absolutely love, still love to this day. I've, I've played every sport known to man growing up. It was my favorite thing to do. I'd, I'd play sports for competition, and then I'd do it for fun. So whether it was basketball, football, um, tennis, golf, ping pong, maybe not a sport, bowling, whatever, whatever it was, baseball. I, I love to go out and play. It was kind of one of my, my most favorite things to do is play sports. And as I look back kind of over my, my, uh, my sports career and, and my career in playing, playing different sports, I realize I learned a whole lot. And probably one of the most valuable things that I've learned and that I'm most thankful for is that in the midst of sports, I learned what it means to have faith and perseverance. I know what faith sounds like and looks like. I know what perseverance sounds and looks like. If, if you've never even played sports, but you've watched them before, you, you actually know exactly what I'm talking about. Because many times in a game, in any game, any sport, there are multiple ups and downs. 
multiple ups and downs, especially if you, you've played sports, you realize there are really, really good times and there are really, really bad times. Things are going really, really great and things get really, really bad. You feel like the best player in the world. You feel like you don't even need to be on the court or on the field. And this happens multiple times a game. I, I remember one of, uh, one of the, the games that sticks out to me most, uh, especially in college, was my junior year as the Division II playoffs. It was the first game of the Division II playoffs. We were playing against Washburn. I know you don't know any of these names because it's Division II, but hey, hang with me, all right? So we were playing Washburn. We go into this game. We're actually 11-0 on the season. We've had an amazing season. And as an offense, I was, I was playing quarterback. Our offense was doing amazing. We were averaging 43 points a game. We were just lighting people up and, uh, and having a good time doing it. And so we go into this game expecting that, expecting to just be on fire. Well, you could say that we were, uh, yeah, we were not even close to being on fire. We go out and lay two goose eggs, the first quarter and the second quarter. Do not score a single point. And I remember, I remember this game so much because I, in, in those moments, I can tell you that some of the thoughts, this was an actual thought that went through, my, through, went through my head as I'm on the field. I'm literally the worst player in the world. I, I, there's, there's actually no one worse than me right now. I'm letting my town down. I'm letting the nation down. No, I didn't think the nation down. I'm, I'm going to let my team down. I'm playing horrible. They're going to pull me. Nothing was going right. Nothing was going right in the moment, and it couldn't have gotten any worse. I had guys coming over and, you know, giving me the good old butt tap. There's nothing like a good old butt tap, by the way. I would tell you to do that to someone in your house, but that may be weird. Don't do that. But, you know, someone come up and just give me the butt tap. Hey, man, you got this. Bro, you've been doing this all year. You're good, man. Go out there and do what you do. And just getting these pep talks, and I'm just telling you, I was in a funk. Nothing Nothing could quite get me out of it. We go into halftime, not scoring. We're down by 14 points. It's bad. And I can't really remember actually exactly what happened. I've taken a few, few shots to the head <laughs> to, to remember everything that happened. But I remember something changed when we went back out in the second half. To keep this short, and for all the ladies who don't really care about sports, I'll, I'll speed through the story. But in the third quarter, we ended up putting up 28 points in the third quarter. We end up uh, putting up another 12 in the fourth quarter. And we go on to win the game 40 to 39 with a last-minute drive to win the game. Um, I got so jacked. I threw the ball into the stands. It was, an, it was an amazing moment I will never forget. But I remember just two quarters previously, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm the worst player in the world. I, I don't even know if I know how to play football. To the second half being like, you know what? There's no way they can stop us. We're absolutely going to win this game. The momentum is on our side. They can do nothing to stop us. In minutes earlier, I, I believe I didn't even deserve to be on the field. And I tell you that story today because I believe it's such a perfect example of how we experience life. This is how we go. Isn't this how you go through life? Isn't this exactly how you think? I know it's how I think. 
in, in moments in our relationship with God, uh, as we're believing for something, as we have faith for something, we can be like I was that second half, and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm killing it. God's killing it. You want to talk about the provider. His name means the provider. You want to talk about faithful? He's been faithful forever. I mean, he, he always comes through. And we're so jacked up on God and, and, and believe his promise. And it can literally be 30 seconds later, a minute, two minutes later. And guess where our mind goes? Guess where our self-talk goes? Guess where our emotion goes? Yeah, he's the provider, but I'm not so sure he's going to provide this time. Yes, I know he's faithful to all generations. He's been faithful to me my whole life. But this time, I'm not so sure things are going to work out. Oh, man, I... I, I know God to, to always give direction and wisdom and, and, and to, to help me out of this situation. But it seems like this situation right now, there's no natural way. There's no way I could possibly get it. I'm stuck. And we, we, here, here's what we have. We have in and out faith. In and out faith. Let me just tell you this right now. If you have in and out faith, it's a sign that your faith is being tested. It's not a sign that you've missed it. It's not a sign that you've sinned and God is punishing you. It's not a sign that you've just, you're you're so weak. No, this is a moment where your faith is being tested. And here's what James said. He said, count it joy when it's being tested because in the testing of your faith, here's what's going to happen. It's actually going to produce perseverance, steadfastness, patience, endurance into your life. We need endurance. We need to persevere. We need to know what it's like to not score uh, any points for a half and then go out and score 40 in one half and be like, wow, in the midst of, the, of a time where I thought there was no way it was going to turn around, it turned around in an instant. And I just believe this even right now so, so strongly. I believe for some of you out there that are listening right now, your situation is going to change in an instant. Just like it already changed for the worse in an instant, it can literally change for the positive. In a moment, in a moment, in an instant, it can happen. I believe he's going to do that for his people. I believe he's doing that right now for the people of God. But then there's this other side of, of faith that we have, to, we have to kind of be cognizant of. And I want to go back to James chapter 1. He does say this. He says, count it all joy when you, when you face trials of various kinds. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And then he says this, and let, he says, let, let steadfastness have its full effect. This is one of the hardest scriptures in the Bible. In other words, James is telling us, hey, let perseverance have its work. Let it have its full effect. So many times, you know what we want to do? We want God to hit the eject button for us. We want God to say, get us up out of here. Get us up out of this situation. Sell my house. Give me my job. Be faithful here. Find my spouse. Um, Heal my body now. Now, he can do that. And there are moments of faith. There are those knockout moments. He can do that. But there's also these moments where he's not actually going to get you up out of it, but he's actually going to to deliver you through it. He's going to walk you through it. He's going to let He's going to let steadfastness have its full effect. 
And there's no, <laughs> I wish there was another way around this. I wish there was another way to get perseverance in our life, but the only way to get perseverance is to persevere. It's the only way. There literally has to be times where we don't get the answer that we're looking for. There's a reason that God told through the, through the prophet Elisha to Naaman, go dip seven times. He didn't, come, he didn't even come out of the house to heal him. Remember reading this story to my boys the other night. He didn't come out of the house to heal him, didn't even talk to him. He sent his servant out and said, hey, yeah, go dip in the river seven times and you'll be healed. Notice in that, in that story, there's a process. There was a process. There was a waiting. There was a perseverance. There was faith. He told the people of Israel to walk around the walls of Jericho for seven days. He could have spoken a moment and those walls could have fell down. But he told them to walk. Why? I believe he was producing perseverance. I believe he was allowing their faith to get tested. Allowing their faith to get tested so this steadfastness could be produced in them. And I believe that's exactly what God is doing with us in this time. There's a testing of our faith that's taking place. So as I, as I go to, to close for the last couple minutes here, 10 minutes here, how do we actually fight this fight? If this is the way that it is, if this is, the, if this, if this is what faith looks like, how do we fight this fight? Here's the fight. From doubt back to belief. You hear, here you are in belief. You slide into doubt. How do you get back out of that doubt? Back into belief. Hear me today. The goal is not to never doubt. Our goal is not to never doubt. That's not the goal. The goal is that when we find ourselves in a place of doubting, we get ourselves back into a place of faith as fast as possible. We battle. We fight. So how do we do that? I want to give you four ways today on how we deal with the moments of doubt in our life. Number one, I love this one. It's probably my favorite point. When you find yourself doubting, take your Bible out and read it. <laughs> I know it sounds really, really practical and really simple, but I really, meant, really mean it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this out and read it. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to people who've actually memorized Scripture before, and, and those of you who haven't, but especially those who you've memorized Scripture. You can quote, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You can quote Philippians 4, 6. You can quote a, a ton of scripture. But can I tell you, for me personally, what has happened in my life is when I can't seem to get on top, when I can't seem to get out of that doubt, when I can't seem to get out of that unbelief, even though I know Philippians 4, 6, I open up this Bible and I take it out and I read it. Can I just tell you, in these pages, when you will open up this Bible and you will get in these pages, there's something that happens that is supernatural. It literally will change your life. It will encourage you like nothing else can encourage you. There's actually power in these words. There's power in this Bible. But in order for that power to get out of this Bible and into your life and affect your life, you've got to read it. You've got to declare it. You've got to know what it says. And there's something about reminding yourself and reading it over yourself that changes things. It is alive and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. This word can change you. 
And I really encourage you in this time, man, it's so important. You find yourself in doubt, you find yourself struggling, take it out. Oh, I did not mean to say that, but I like that. You find yourself in doubt, take it out. Take out the sword. Take it out and read it. And I really encourage you, even, even like, a, a, like a real Bible, like, like this, like a real, real Bible. Here's what this Bible can't do. It cannot receive text messages, emails, notifications. If you'll put your phone aside and open this up, you'll actually not be distracted. So I'm not against technology. I'm preaching from an iPad right now. But there's something about being undistracted and taking out that word and reading it. Read it out loud. It's one way that we can get out of doubt. Number two, tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. <clears throat> this means we don't just read the truth. We tell ourselves the truth. Here's, here's the, here is the truth. You're getting told something almost all the time every single day. And if all you're hearing is oil prices are down, if all you're hearing is there's too many houses on the market, if all you're hearing is, well, you know, um, it, it, you'll, you have to move to a bigger city to find that spouse that you're looking for. If all you're ever hearing is, yeah, um, you know, that could be what God is saying, but maybe he's saying something else. And to say, you have to get to a place where you actually tell yourself the truth. You have to be your own best cheerleader. You have to be that teammate that came up and gave me the butt tap and said, bro, you got this. You can keep going. You've, you've done this before. You need someone in your life. You need, you need, to, you need to be that, self, that, that person for yourself where you tell yourself, you've got this. God is my provider. God is faithful. He will come through for me. He will do it again. He will make a way where there is no way. I am a person of faith. I know I have doubt, but just like the disciples said, God, help me in my unbelief. I have belief, but help my unbelief. Just begin to declare and tell yourself the truth. Yep, you know what? I am going to, I know I'm using my personal example, but I am going to sell my house. It is going to happen. I am going to find that spouse. I am going to get my job back. I'm going to find a new job if I have to. I am going to be able to provide for my family. I'm not going to lose my house. I'm going to be able to flourish in a time of famine. You need to tell, here, here's the truth. That, that's actually the truth right there. You won't suffer. You won't be unprovided for. He won't not come through for you. He will. He will be faithful. And see, you can even feel that even right now. This happens as you, as, you read your, as you read the word and even as you tell, tell yourself the truth. What happens is here you are kind of leaning over into some doubt. And all of a sudden, you'll start talking yourself up. You'll start getting out that word out and reading and reading and reading. And what you'll notice is all of a sudden you'll go, Foom, and you'll kind of just pop right back over into this place of faith. That's where we're called to live. We're called to be people of faith. It's faith that pleases him. So number one, take your Bible out and read it. Number two, tell yourself the truth. Number three, <clears throat> before I get to number three, I want to say this. What you hear most is what you believe most. What you hear most is what you believe most. So make sure you're hearing the truth more than anything else. Number three, how you get out of doubt. Tell others what you're believing for and tell them when you're doubting. This kind of goes along with all the points, but not only do you need to talk yourself up, you, you not only need to tell yourself the truth, you need other people telling you the truth. You need to let them know, hey, I'm believing for this in my life. 
I'm believing I'm going to hear God about this area of my life. I believe this is what he wants me to do. I believe I'm believing for this job. I'm believing that we get pregnant. I'm believing that I, I'm believing that I can discipline my kids and it not crush me. I'm believing that I can step up and go up in whatever way God is asking me to step up. I believe I can get over my anger. This is what I'm going for. Don't just keep that between you and God. Let other people know about it. And more than that, whenever you're doubting, whenever you don't feel it, whenever you're, you get angry and you mess up or whatever happens, call somebody. Tell them, look, man, I'm, I'm believing for this, but right now I don't believe it. I'm in doubt. I'm in unbelief. Can you help me? And I'll just say this. There's so much value. We, we, we kind of have these cliche terms that we use um, with each other. But I'm just telling you, whenever the, a person, I'm, and I'm talking to you as the person who will encourage someone else. When someone's in doubt, it actually means a lot when you just say, hey, you know what? God's actually going to provide for you. Hey, you know what? It's going to work out. It's actually going to be Okay. And I know those are cliche things and everyone says that, but when you have faith behind what you're saying to someone else, like really mean it. Hey, guess what? It's going to be okay. It is going to work out. You're going to get through this. It's, I know it seems bad, but it's not as bad as it seems. You guys will come out of this. Your marriage will get better. You're, you're, you will get that job. Just having those conversations means the world to people who need that encouragement or are in a place of doubt. So tell others what you're believing for and tell them when you're doubting. <clears throat> and this is the last one, and I'll close right here. Number four, remind yourself of the truth first thing in the morning. Remind yourself of the truth first thing in the morning. I've experienced this in my own life. A lot of times when we are in a battle, we are in a test of our faith. It's really, really good that we go out onto the battleground and establish our stance before the enemy even has a chance to attack us. So if he's attacking you before you ever get out of bed in the morning with doubt, can I just say this? The moment that you wake up, grab your phone or grab this Bible and just start reading it. The moment that you wake up, have 10 promises of God written down out in Scripture. Grab that piece of paper off your nightstand and begin to read them over your life. Start reading it. Let it be the first thing that fills your mind. And it just be like this cup. If, it was, if I could fill it with water right now, if you would just fill it up with the truth, when the enemy comes to attack and comes to drain it, you're not starting out here. You're actually starting out with a full cup. It gives you such an advantage whenever you can maybe get up, and that's just a practical way, get up in the morning and just remind yourself of the truth first thing. I believe if you'll do these four things, it's not an exhaustive list, but these four things will help you in your fight of faith. Remember, it's a fight. Remember, it's not, it's not, done, it's not supposed to be easy. It's an actual fight. But guess what? You were made to fight. He didn't tell you to fight the good fight of faith and not give you the ability to actually fight it. Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.